Hello, everyone. You are listening to See-Through Panel, a comic book discussion podcast. My name is Cole Harvey. I'm here with Fahed Rahman. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about Black Stars Above, written by Lonnie Nadler, drawn by Jenna Chaw, um, and published by Vault Comics. Yes, and the um, uh, the summary for Black Stars Above is a young fur trapper flees her overbearing family only to get lost in a dreamlike winter wilderness that harbors a cosmic threat. The year is 1887 and a storm brews. Yulali Dubois has spent her entire life tending to a family's trapline, isolated from the world. The chance at freedom comes in the form of a parcel that needs delivering to a nameless town north of the wilderness. Little does Yulali know that something sinister hides in those woods and it yearns for what she carries. A chilling historical cosmic hotel of survival from the deranged minds of Lonnie Nadler, uh, the Dreg's marvellous X-Men and debut artist Jenna Char. And um, I also think we should uh, give a shout out to um, the other members of the creative team, which are um, uh, colorist Brad Simpson and Mitra Hassan Ostami Lahu. Um, and yeah, so you, this was um, this was one of your uh, choices. Um, how did you uh, come across the comic? Um, I think I saw it um, just on like the new when it was first coming out. I saw it was coming out in issues, and I was interested in it. Um, and I never actually read it in issues. Uh, that was probably last year. So I kind of just had it on my radar, and I was looking for some good horror a couple months ago. And I ordered the trade yeah. paperback. So, yeah. So I um see so I've I've again kind of lumped the um for the comicsology version because um I think we were initially going to record this episode a couple of weeks ago, but then things happened. Um, mm-hmm. We've had to kind of delay it a little bit. So um, I wasn't sure if I'd get the the hard cover uh, the hard copy in time. Um, so kind of what are your, uh, initial thoughts, um, about it, about the book? So it kind of follows a very Lovecraftian narrative, but obviously, uh, Lovecraft doesn't do female protagonists. He only does straight yeah. white male protagonists. So it's a little bit yeah. different. Um, it's also a little bit earlier in time than most of Lovecraft stories, but other than that. Um, I thought it kind of it, it's what I expected it to be. Uh, I thought it was a little slow at this. Maybe I don't think it hooked me till issue three, which normally I probably wouldn't have made it that far. But because I had already said we're doing a show, <laughs> I had to keep reading. Yeah. But I'm glad I kept reading. I don't know about if you had yeah. that same issue or not, but I felt um, so. I felt the first issue was was fine. I the kind of sagged. How many issues was this? This is what four issues? It looks like five. Five. Okay. So I felt the first issue was fine. I think the second and third issues kind of slowed the pace down a little bit. I would say there is a sequence early, early on. I'm not too sure if it's in the first or the second issues where um she has a discussion with her. Uh, mother and farmer of a family dinner about um what's gonna what's gonna happen to her basically and like there's a sequence where she basically breaks down crying um 
about kind of like the unfair fate that kind of faces her and that to me um kept me going through kind of the slower bits because i just thought that was such a um magnificently i think it's on page 26 and there's just this sequence where she's looking from her mother to her father kind mm. of um and there's just this and that kind of that sustained me through the slower bits because i thought if there's anything else in the narrative that kind of matches that sequence then it will be kind of worth pushing to the slower bits yeah i think that scene really did get me too i really like the like panel work in that scene the fact that the top yeah. half is 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 white and then fades to black and then the background colors on her panels slowly go from these warm yellows to like a bluish gray towards the end yeah that yeah. was excellently done yeah. i actually agree i think the panel work in this whole book is really well done i think uh jenna cha is her name um i think she's magnificent at layouts if nothing else layouts are amazing yes yeah um i felt the art was generally i, I wasn't i didn't kind of know what to make of her art style initially um i couldn't mm -hmm. kind of see what she was trying to, to go for but i think overall it worked quite well given kind of the the nature of the story and and like you said like the panel layouts uh, are amazing her um backgrounds are quite good as well and kind of like when she's given the opportunity to do these kind of like um conversations where there's you know this tension between family members or kind of ten and you know there's a scene towards the end of the end of the book where she's almost in like a hostage situation where she comes across um a cabin in the woods kind of you know those um those conversation pieces i think she does exceptionally well and kind of and as you mentioned the um the layouts kind of shot selection and composition of the shots are also um pretty good yeah i didn't know what to make of her art style either early on i thought that the line work was kind of odd to me it was kind of it has a grimy feel to it um it looks i mean it looks yeah. clean like the, everything is clean, like nothing bleeds into like your her figure work isn't like bleeding into the backgrounds, but it's kind of, yeah. um, I don't know what to call like lumpy, kind of, like everyone looks like people, but yeah. it's a bit off. I still really, really yeah. like her art. I was trying to think, you know, what her influences are. And I, I just, because usually when you, especially with um, modern day graphic novels, you can kind of say, well, oh, this is like Bande Neste, or this is um, manga, or this is, influenced by um camilla or this is influenced by um jack Kirby. you know you can kind of see where the through line of the and i, I just i couldn't get a firm grip on what her um kind of uh, the artist influences behind why she made some of the choices that um that she did also i was a little bit um confused by that but you know overall kind of i enjoyed the art i think it got stronger through the um through the through the novel she's got some really when it go, does go into the horror um the horror aspects of the of the book of, of the story kind of her some of the imagery imagery she's able to conjure up is really creepy and it's kind of like mm -hmm. so I, I shouldn't really be reading this late at night mm -hmm. sort of thing so that's kind of what you want from a, a, a horror comic like this I really wasn't sure about it the first issue just because, I mean, it had chops. Like, I thought the first issue was good, but I didn't know 
how interested I was in continuing, but I'm really glad I did because this, yeah, it gets, it's really well done horror. If I was kind of doubtful at first, but it gets, um, it becomes a crazy ride like most Lovecraftian things do. It kind of um, makes sense, but doesn't make sense. The story is hard to follow in terms of if you step back after finishing the whole thing and you think about the layout of the story, it's kind of odd, kind of like a twist and turny line. Um, but uh, I actually really love the ending too, which we'll, we'll eventually get to. But yeah, so, so we um, should we start with kind of like um, the plot? So our protagonist is um, a girl or young woman coming of age in kind of in uh, Canada. It's, it is in Canada, isn't it, where the story's set? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, it's in Canada. Yeah, and basically, you know, she's from a really struggling family. The um, I mean, she's she's from a, a, a family of. Tra- I wasn't entirely sure what her kind of ethnic background was. Like, was her mother like, was her mother French or was she? I, was, I can't remember what what they said about what her mother's looks like. Her, I think her dad is. Um, maybe like British. Yeah. Like, you know, first, second generation, um, Canadian, Western Canadian. And, um, I think her, her mum might be, um, native American. I'm not, I'm not sure. Anyway, they're really struggling financially and, um, they decide to marry her off and she doesn't, she doesn't really want to get married. She wants to stay out, um, where she is and be, be free and go on a, adventures and she's given this this opportunity um by this creepy looking guy in um in a top hat to kind of carry this package to this weird village and it just all kind of goes downhill from there really yeah that guy the guy with the top hat he's got like the white spots all over his face and he's kind of got yeah he's i know it's supposed to maybe be like that but he's kind of looks like he's fishy He's 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 kind of yes. got a frog like face, which I think is probably on purpose. But yeah, that yeah, that's an interesting um, plot hook. So she she gets offered the package and then comes home and her parents tell her they're marrying her off. And that immediately she's yeah. just like, all right, I'm going to go deliver the package instead. And they just call it like the town up north. Do they? they don't ever call it by a name. Yeah, I think that's kind of I think it's sort of explained because it's almost like this mythical place that um that, that people know exists but no one's ever been there so um yeah. yeah i think that's kind of explained away by the internal world building mythology behind um the events in in the story yeah god so basically then she she um she runs away at the end of issue 1 um issue 2 she's kind of um she doesn't know what's in the case, by the way, the thing she's delivering um, until she opened it at the end of issue one. Or is that an issue two? I think that's issue two. She kind of sees. Yeah, well, she opens it and yeah. it does. A, that's what that's when the, that was the obvious giveaway to me. It does a Tekka Lee Lee sound, which is a classic. Yeah. Shogoth from Lovecraft. They always make that sound. Or not oh, OK. Always. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. That was, I've not read much Lovecraft, so. <laughs> something I was um yeah. I was aware of so yeah yeah so that's like it, it's it's kind of a tell it doesn't really matter but it's kind of a tell for people that know uh that it's a shogoth or a baby shogoth or something so she's essentially carrying a monster with her to the 
town north of the woods. Issue two. Also, there's that journal. I want to. I don't want to miss the journal thing. Um, it's a postal read, isn't it? Kind of. It's everything that's we, we're reading has already taken place, I think, and it's just her recording it down. I think. Yeah. I think that's correct, isn't it? Yeah. I believe so. I think we catch up. See, I thought for a second in, in about issue four. I thought we caught up and that was the moment that she was writing because it seemed like that's when she got the book and we saw her writing, yeah. but it does continue all the way to the end. There's still more writing. So it, I think maybe it is just in the future, the entire time and we never fully caught up. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that yeah. was interesting. Yeah. So basically she starts seeing some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're not kind of initially, we're not sure if it's, and I'm still not sure whether it was, um, if it's, Images that are being kind of um, cast into a mind by the um, powers that be exist in the universe, or if it's her own hallucinations, or if it's just the effects of being near this weird squid-like um, baby creature. Mm-hmm. So um, I was never entirely sure what the. But anyway, she she starts seeing extremely weird things like. Um, the you know the titular, the titular kind of um, black stars above, which is kind of the moon being covered in in um, like almost an eclipse type mm-hmm. feeling. Um, um, so yeah, it's some really. What did you think of like the baby alien ghost squid baby thing? I thought it was interesting. I like how it kind of develops throughout the story. So by the time like it's growing up very quickly because it's not human, yeah. I guess. And it kind of, it's look changes in issue three or four. It kind of gets bigger and its face looks a bit different. Um, I thought it was interesting and it kind of gave her, gave her something to, uh, to bounce off of when she's all alone walking in the woods. Yeah. Um, she, it kind of needs that. Otherwise you just have that narration, which there was already so much narration. <laughs> It's yeah. a very wordy yeah, book. Yeah, there was a lot. Not in a bad way. It is. Oh, yeah, it is a very wordy book. I was, I was, um, the second was the end of the book, which is what maybe like six pages of like diary trees that, um, uh, are just written in text. Kind of, there's, there's no yep. images there. And I was just kind of like, oh, so we're, I'm, I'm reading a proper book now. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading prose. Okay. Have you read Providence by Alan Moore at all? No, I've not. I've not. It's, uh, it's a direct HP Lovecraft uh, adaptation. It's I think twelve issues, and after there's one of those journal entries, like six pages of cursive handwriting after every issue. Yeah, and so this was uh, just like that, and it's Lovecraft. So I was like, uh, the, Lonnie Nadler read Providence and was like, I'm going to do a journal entry, and it was equally as as hard to get through. <laughs> I was just kind of like, it's not that it was um necessarily kind of like difficult to read but i just felt at that point the story it was a weird um way to kind of like you know, i think we you mentioned previously kind of the, the pace of the book and just thought that's a really weird place to kind of put that chunk of like text in there um it really slowed down the pace pace of the pace of the story and i just, I was just i'm just wondering if it'd be one or two pages i, I think that might have worked a little bit um, yeah, and th- I think they have. Yeah, it's just it's like yeah, it was maybe how, how many pages was it? Um, yeah, six, seven, six, maybe eight. Eight, yeah, eight, eight pages, eight pages of text, and um, like Hassan, I think 
generally did a, an excellent job here, but the the font that he chose to kind of letter the diary entries, there were occasionally some words where I was trying to figure out what um, what the actual word was. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, you know, generally speaking, when he's actually inside um, lettering the you know the words that are spoken or the you know the the speech bubbles and stuff, like that, he does a really um, fantastic job of uh you know tasting tasting the thought bubbles and kind of the you know generally kind of moving moving the story along but i just yeah i just felt the font there was a was a bit difficult to to read i don't know what you what you felt about that uh yeah i mean it's the it was the exact same for providence they're going for that um kind of cursive uh handwritten thing which is really cool in terms of like the effect on the story but sometimes it's just so hard to read. And I like to read prose and, and long texts, but when yeah. you're reading a comic, your brain isn't really ready for that, so it takes a bit to switch. And especially since it was kind of so much in just one chunk as well. Yeah, maybe space them out. Like, and, and for a thing where it's eight pages and she's reading this sitting down by a tree, by the time I'd gotten done with it, I kind of thought um, there's going to be some kind of reveal when we flip back to to you lolly like she, something will have changed or like the world will be different around her but no she just had been sitting reading and i was like it felt kind of like a missed opportunity for that her reading that to have some effect on the on the story and then yeah, the but, panels yeah i mean because um at that point she'd just escaped from like the the cabin cabins in the woods so it might have been a nice point for like that that cabin in the woods sequence also is i i felt was really kind of like the way they kind of slowly ramp up the tension about what the, you know, she's, she's come into this cabin. They've kind of saved her, but you know, mm-hmm. we're not really sure what their intentions are. There's this creepy, um, creepy, um, creepy boy that's um, playing with a puppet. And then it's just this dude lying on the floor. I think he's missing. What is he missing? He's missing an arm or a leg or something. And or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like, Oh, so I've, I've, I've walked into this cabin. They've saved me, but there's a dude, missing a missing a limb and then this weirdo weirdo child playing with um playing with a puppet and he did you can just you know her looking around and think oh what what am i gonna do should i stay should i go anyway it's you know the um the text sequence happens just after she's kind of gotten out of that situation and i thought you know like you mentioned it might have been nice if like the boy was standing there or someone's come to chase after but there wasn't really anything like that yeah, and that house scene was probably the most tense. I mean, compared also with the last when she's in the village at the end. But yeah, yeah. Do you know the? It's in the house scene. It's right before she runs away. There's a. It's four horizontal panels on the page, and it's she's between the creepy kid with the puppet and the the wilderness yeah. survival guy, and she's looking yeah. from the kid back to the guy, and the dude is just undressing behind her. That shit was so yeah. weird. <laughs> that was really, really. <laughs> that really got yeah. my nerves up. I was like, "This is the creepiest it's been all time, the whole time." And all he's doing is taking his clothes off. God, and he's just kind of like walking towards her, and she's just like, "Oh, dude, yeah, you keep, keep." You can just kind of tell, just so, yeah, just keep that thing away from me. <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm. he's just like yeah. yeah, he's just, like, he's just like, yeah, yeah. So it's um, and then he turns kind and of goes like, out the door. Yeah, uh, it's kind of um almost oh, what's the name 
Oh, oh God, I can't remember what it's called. The TV show where weird things happen. Um, they did a revival season. What's it called? Um, it'll come to me later, later on. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll Google it and get back to you. But it's kind of <laughs> this, this weird, just kind of um, weirdness that uh, kind of goes, you know, that goes on through the book, which I think was suitably well done. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so. In terms of the ending, like, so we're we're about to issue five now, where we're at. Yeah. So that's when shit goes down. <laughs> right after she reads the book, uh, she falls through a frozen lake. Yes. Yeah, and and that uh, chapter four, the second page, that is, and maybe also the third page. I think those are like the two prettiest pages in this book. There's like some upside down lettering going on and stuff. Yes. Which, really, um, really just, yeah, it is it's a fantastic image. For, I, was, I was reading on like um, my iPad, so every time I tried to turn around to see what it was saying, yeah. <laughs> so I was just okay. All right, I need to, I need to maybe just yeah, then kind of uh, yeah. So it, it took me a while to actually read what it was. It's just, uh, let me just try and learn how to read um read upside down. But yeah, it was that that is um for me that is um a startling image kind of. Her, you know, you know, the, you know, her family's heads being replaced by plumes of smoke, mm. and her kind of trying to dig her way out of out of the ice, and she's seeing um, the faces of her family. I mean, um, of her father. And there's another image, I think, later on, maybe in the same issue, where the the black stars above is shining, and there's this almost spiral ladder coming all the way down from yeah. the stars straight through the middle of a mountain straight to the floor and i thought that is 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 a fantastic um visual there really kind of i've yeah. never seen anything like that in another comic before really inventive and cool looking it kind of cuts the image in half black and white yeah the mo- yes the moon ladder is that what they call that the moon ladder in the in the story yes um, yeah yeah, that was a very striking image. And then the pages after that, um, with the three panels going down the middle and her eyes getting worse and yes. worse. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually, now that we're getting deeper into it, I really love the art. <laughs> the yeah. beginning just wasn't, There's. it's so normal. So there's nothing really to like, there's nothing eye popping at the beginning. But once it, get, it gets crazy, um, Jenna Cha really shows what kind of weird, like never before seen stuff she can do. Yes. So, and then we're 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 in the, the village, and I I really I, I didn't understand what was so what what is your interpretation of what the purpose like what the village were trying to do? We we're, we're, we're already well into spoilers now, but I'm kind of what did you yeah, think yeah. the villages were um we trying to um trying to do? I'm really yeah. not sure. So. It- I'm skipping to the part where she's on the altar type thing. Um, and they're, they they bleed the Shogoth, the bleed little baby thing, and then try and pour it into her stomach, like her belly. Um, and that's when she starts to run away. So I don't know if they're like trying to like turn her into some monster. Like, is she the chosen one that they're going to turn her into yeah, a monster? Kind of like, that's kind of, you know, 
you mentioned at the start of the podcast kind of when you look back at the story it doesn't really make that much sense so like, my question is who was the guy in the black hat why did he give you know the creature to Yulali only to take it back to a place where the creature is going to be eaten yeah and then because that there you know there's, there's there's panels where I don't know if those imagined panels where she she thinks like the the creatures like gonna be be eaten or they're, they 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 definitely are feeding on the creatures, aren't they? That's not just my um. Um, I, I think so, but they're also breastfeeding it, right? Isn't that a part that happens? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lady. She's um an old lady. I think she's like lactating and like you know stuff coming out of her. Uh, is kind oily. of like inky, yeah, inky and oily. Yeah, so, that's very. God, that's creepy. So are, are, are we see? Oh, I should have read it before. Uh, I should have read it again. I see. Uh, before the um, before we were recording. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. So I was really kind of like unclear as to what was, you know what is the what the mythology was trying to There's... trying to say. So yeah, go ahead. Um, there's clearly some kind of metaphor for something. Um, go to the page right, uh, right before they're trying to pour the black liquid onto her stomach. It's just it's a yeah nine panels. Um, that's some kind of metaphor for something about Canadian history that I don't know about. There's some there's a woman with a Canadian flag behind her signing a paper. Um, a man about to be hanged. I don't know enough about Canadian history or lore to know what those things are. Yeah. But that must be some kind of um, like narrative tie-in. So, yeah. So I don't know who the man with the noose around his neck is. I think the the, the top panel, I'm pretty sure that's Queen Elizabeth signing yeah. some sort of de- 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 uh, declaration. There's references to, I think, maybe World War One or World War Two, And then there's... I think it's definitely something about maybe native lands being kind of like harvested for the, the natural resources there as well. So it's, 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 it's trying to say something. I'm not too sure what it is. It's trying to, to say though. Yeah. I don't um, think I'm well read yeah. enough for, for that. Um, I wish, yes. I wish I would know. I mean, it's a good, it's a good story without knowing that, but I think, yeah, it definitely adds something. Um, I think you did wrench it a bit, isn't it? If we kind of got the got the reference, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then there's kind of like the the final scene with the did the, did she ever give the creature a name? I don't think she did. Mm, did she? I don't believe she did. So yeah, so you know the creature's being um, I don't know if breastfed or if the the woman's feeding on her. She kind of rips it away from from there. Then she just basically burns the entire town down which was a really cool um kind of that was really well done that kind of like the 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 barn or i think it's like the church burning and then it's yeah. just this massive explosion and her running away running away from it i, I did you get a firm idea of what the aliens or the neverworldly beings felt about um felt about what was happening if they had any agency or it seemed like they'd been planning like this, her arrival and she was kind of like, they were all just waiting on her for this ritual, but I'm not. Yeah. That's one of the things that I really just didn't understand was I'm not a hundred percent sure what their, what their plans were. So they, they didn't even react all that badly when she did escape. 
they were chasing her and things, yes. but there's no real, no one really stopped her. Um, yeah. So I don't know exactly. I don't even know if she, did she burn the whole village down? Is it all gone? I guess it, it looks pretty burned down in that last panel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of, the fire seems to spread. Which um, I didn't know. Cause I didn't even assume that village like existed in a physical space. I thought she was kind of in some like dream world thing. Oh, that's an interesting, maybe, maybe it was kind of like a metaphor for something else, but uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I couldn't really get my head. You know, th there are some books, I think, you know, on, I've read, read it too many times, I'd get a firmer idea of what was was going on within mm -hmm. the story, but I was a little bit confused about, okay, so who who's the guy in the black hat? Why did he hand, hand it off? Was this kind of a plan from the um, aliens to kind of free their people from these people that are basically um, having like a vampiric relationship with them? Or was it he just felt that, you know, he's found this creature and he needs to send it back up to kind of cattle for, for the people in the village. So, you know, there's things like that I was a little bit confused by, but it's, you know, the ending itself is quite satis satisfying because, you know, she, you know, she manages to escape and go on, um, further journeys but yeah it was it's a confusing read i, I finally remember the the name of the tv show that I'll, um some oh. of the scenes remind you is that, um twin peaks you know just oh, know, the most famous peaks. weird yeah 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 just kind of weird imagery that maybe it's just weird for the sake of being weird but so, you know maybe there's like a deeper thematic um meaning behind why the artists have chosen to, to feature those so what was your question? So you're kind of wondering whether or not she's actually on the, tr because like the people on the platform have no the ones people. that we see have no pupils. So it's kind of, is she, is she actually back in the world or is she in the land where, you know, the dark stars above kind of rule? So yeah, it's, I think it's quite um an interesting question. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know if there's an answer. I just thought it was interesting. Um, I would like to think. Yeah, and I think it's, hopefully, I wish she's kind of sitting next to um, that weird creature as well. Yeah. So yeah, I um, I really, I really enjoyed it. I think it's uh, it's, it's not a series without its faults. I think if you get, if you can if you manage to to plow through some of the um pacing issues, then it's it's a, it's a really rewarding read. Yeah. Um, I would definitely agree. I thought um, I wasn't sure how I was feeling about it for the first issue or two. Um, by the end, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I would recommend it to anyone that um, that's looking for cosmic horror or horror in any regard, because this is um, unsettling and has some really good character work. And the art is just um, regardless of what you think about the art, I would say give it till issue two or three because it gets just amazing. I'd, I'd agree with all of that. I think. Some of the dialogue that's in in the story is absolutely fantastic. I really, I think the the family dynamic stuff, I think, is especially well observed. Uh, you know, whenever she's kind of in a battle of wits with with someone else, I think those, you know, that's all always well well written as well. So I think is is a superb. The dialogue was superbly written. I think um, script wise, there there were issues with, with the pacing, but. Yeah, I agree with you. the The artwork was was excellent, and the lettering as well was good. Yeah, it was all 
honestly, every member of the team was um, brought something. The colorist we haven't credited. Um, yes, yeah, Brad's the color, the coloring, yeah, yeah. I think you kind of mentioned um, uh, when we was talking about the uh, the family breakdown scene o- over dinner. You kind of mentioned how much heavy lifting the coloring did in terms of setting the tone for that particular scene. Yep, and he does so, that. Yeah, all he, the way did, he did, I suppose. He, he did, yeah, he does that all the all all the way through. So yeah, so that's um that's a firm recommendation from me. Oh yeah, same here. Highly recommend. Um, one of the better horror yes. comics we've talked about, I would think. I think we've oh, most of the horror comics we've talked about have been really, really quite good. Um, we did what was it called? The adaptation of oh, what was it called? Oh dear, my my brain's the gone. The Willows, that you know, that's really good. So both, uh, yeah, was the artwork similar to the Willows? Sort of, maybe. The Not really. The kind of the Willows was. I'm, I'm just talking about the facial. Yeah. Um, and kind of maybe, maybe a little bit similar to the Willows. It's hard to tell because this has such like heavy coloring, and the Willows is black and white. But I see where you're coming. Like, yeah. The faces, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the faces were maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit similar. So yeah, that I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm not too sure what the plans are for the next few episodes. I want to, yeah, we'll have a chat about that, and we'll, we'll let you guys know what yep. we're going to be reviewing next week. Definitely, uh, guys. If you enjoy this type of stuff, uh, we have a link down in the description for our tip jar. If you like watching, that helps us out. Uh, really motivates us to keep going. If you have any friends who like comics or people who like comics you know, we'd really like it if you would share this with them. Um, just so you know, we can get out there and we can recommend more books to people. Um, I think that's about it. Thanks for listening, guys. That's about it, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.